Hello and welcome to the IWB Female Factor Podcast streaming from Stockholm, Sweden. We are interviewing businessmen and women, professionals, business leaders, executives and entrepreneurs from different countries and industries who will share their career journeys and unique perspectives. We will also learn who have been the women behind their success, which we call the Female Factor. And my name is Tati Lottiger. I'm an international business lawyer and I am the leader of the IWIB group, which is represented in different cities across Europe and the Americas. And hopefully we will expand even more. So welcome to listen in and join me together with our international business community to get inspired and learn from each other together. Today we have Soledad Mateozzi. She is from Argentina. Uh, she's the co-founder and partner at Thinking Beyond Business. Uh, Soledad is actually licensed also in New York and is based right now in the U.S. as well. And she has over 15 years of experience in foreign investment law, cross-border transactions, compliance, corporate governance, and data protection. She is actually someone that I have met leading the philanthropic efforts of um, women's organization here in Sweden. And then I have seen her working as well in China. I mean, it's impressive to see your career, Soledad. Can you please share your journey? Um, and how do you find your passion for sustainability? Yes, and, and, and it's true. It's been, it's been a long journey, and, but I think every step of the way um, and all the things that I lived, the different countries, or the different things that I did are a consequence of what I am today and what I'm doing today. So I think that I will start telling you that I am from the south of Argentina. I'm from a region called Patagonia. It's a national park that it's surrounded by lakes and rivers. And I think since I was very young and my teenage years, I spent long time, uh, most of my time outdoors. And, and in our community, we valued so much our little part of the world. And we understood that was something that we needed to treasure and to protect. And it was fragile at the same time. So it's something that it was always a part of me. We always... You know, people will come from different parts of the world too because it was a touristic place and we were so concerned about how they could impact in a negative way. We will, in school, we will go and clean the mountains. It was something that I think it's part of who I am since I grew up and something that I, being outdoors and being in nature is something that gives me peace and calm. And, 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 and I feel I have this feeling that it's something uh, higher, uh, something that it's uh, above and anything else. And, um, but I always was like a very adventure uh, spirit, I think. And, and, and even though I was from the south of Argentina, I wanted to live and work abroad. <laughs> I wanted to explore the world from a, from a very early age. So as soon as I could, I went to Buenos Aires to study law. And I had this dream of working and living in New York City. Uh, I saw the, the city, you know, in the movies, and I thought that represented to me excitement and adventure and success in many ways. And so I worked really hard. I graduated from law school in Argentina, and I worked really hard 
to, to allow me to go and study in New York. So I did a master's in law and international law, corporate and finance law in New York. I became a New York lawyer and I started working as a corporate lawyer in New York. And, um, and I worked for many years in, in, in this law firm doing business law, M&A, compliance, private equity, representing companies and financial institutions. And I was, it was a very exciting job. It was, um, it was fun and it was lucrative, I think. But I always had this feeling that something was missing, that I wanted to do something else. And I think I kept my professional life from, from my passions and what my values are and what, how where I like to spend most of my time separate it's kind of my professional life allowed me to to do the things that I really wanted to do so I I, I somehow put it in like separate compartments and uh, but I I I will try to fill my bucket by doing things I, I work pro bono voluntarily for things that for causes that really matter to me so I work um, helping different charities, NGOs, uh, helping children in need in Latin America, the region where I grew up, doing microfinance to support women entrepreneurs. We had very little resources and that kind of filled my bucket many times, but it was, I felt always had the feeling that was not enough. And I think this became more evident when I had my daughter <laughs> and I, I had my daughter Adele and then soon thereafter, 14 months later, I had my son and I struggled so much trying to work as a corporate lawyer. At that time, I was the, the partner in charge of the New York office and trying to spend quality times with my kids. And, and I felt that the, this corporate structure format, traditional America was not allowing me to do that. And I knew something needed to change and I needed to do something different. And I think at that time, I think it was fate, I don't know, that a headhunter called my husband with an opportunity uh, for him to work for a great company in Sweden, in Stockholm. And we, we thought, okay, Scandinavia, this is really far. We, we always wanted to live and work in Europe because we have very international families and we, our families are originally from Europe. But we, we didn't know so much about Scandinavia. So we started researching and we thought, oh my God, this is a great quality of life. It could be a great place for us as a family. And for me, it was the push that I needed to quit my job and do something different and spend more time with the kids. So, so we did the change and we moved to Stockholm. And once I arrived there, I was really fascinated with the Swedish culture. So surprised how things were could be done in a different way. So in, in many ways, I realized that a lot of things that were important to me and that I grew up in, in body lodge, like spending time outdoors, taking care of your, your health and well-being uh, that I kind of forgot while working in the corporate world in New York were so relevant in Sweden. The kids education, they, they spent so much time outdoor in contact with nature that uh, that there was something that that I that I forgot that for me was such an important part of who I am and I was so happy that my kids were able to to do this and and I met a lot of amazing amazing individuals like you Tati and 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 companies entrepreneurs that they had a different perspective to work more balanced life so spending time with your family 
personal personal joy and and time outdoors or doing whatever you like to do if it was very valued and it was even a necessity i think in terms of productivity for a company and so and that will keep your employees more engaged and and and, and the companies were successful doing were working that in that way and also it's a society when there's a lot of equality between women, women and men and that was very surprising for me as well where how so what what, what was the difference between the the role uh, that you had for example as a female partner in new york uh, because that's i mean that that is the highest that you can get into a law firm i mean then then you're a powerful woman and in new york the capital of the world why would you see that the difference would be in sweden what what was different that you thought would be more equal in in new york first you don't have you don't have by law a maternity leave so it depends on each company and and it's changing and it has been changing but at that time i don't know when my my daughter was it was expected for me to go back to work and and the format and the structure was not there for me to allow me to take some time off and be with my kids and then come back to work because if i took that time then when i if i want to go back then i will i was the space was not there so that it, it was something that it was totally opposite in sweden in sweden and in stockholm i realized that women can take such a long period of time to be with their kids and then when they go back they can they can go back in a way on their own pace, maybe half time and until they're ready. And then when they're ready, all, all every most of the women go back to work because the structure is there and that to allow- yeah, Daycare you. is ready for you. You know, it's like, you don't have yes. to worry about getting a daycare that, you know, uh, in Sweden is something that is just part of your benefits. I mean, uh, you, you have a place for your kids. Uh, yes. So the daycare was also, uh, part of uh, a freedom that that at the end you know you not only because you were very busy when you were in Stockholm I remember that I remember you were the chair for uh, philanthropy at one of the international uh, women's club right yes yes and and that exactly the, the daycare that it was they were so happy first of all my kids going from a very young age to this doggies that they because they like the little kindergarten that they will spend most of the time outside and playing with their friends and that allowed me to have free time to do things that I wanted to do so I, I joined this organization the international women's club and very soon I was heading philanthropy for them there was something that I was passionate about and we worked for many years um, helping big organizations and charities like UNICEF or Oxfam uh, and smaller Swedish foundations and, and foundations from all over the world, from Latin America, from Europe, also from the US, helping mostly children in need. Um, raise, I, I was in charge of, yeah, of, of putting together programs to raise funds for, for specific projects. And it was something that was very rewarding for me. And, 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 and I think the structure and the way um, the Swiss society was working, allow me to do that. And at the same time, be able to spend time with my family and my kids. So we had, we had four wonderful years in Sweden. And I think also men, they take a, a, um, an important role in raising their kids uh, compared to, like I will go, I, I remember coming 
you know, going to the park and seeing like half of the people, the people with the kids were men. And I said, who are these guys? Are they nannies or? <laughs> okay. So now I understand why you said that it was a different, uh, you know, uh, I guess more equal. Um, yes. Yes, because dynamics between men and women. Yeah, it's really divided. I think they both. I think it's as a society. As a society, I think they're both women and men. They 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 take as much as they can equal responsibilities in terms of raising their children and and they help each other and 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 the structure is there to allow them to do that because men they can also take along paternity leave that is not allowed here in the US or, or, or there are some companies now that is changing a lot but it was it was not possible back then or, or at least in, in 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 the area that I was working so um, tell I, me sorry um, I, I was going to to ask you about when was the call that you felt about sustainability was it when you were in Sweden or because I know that you after Sweden, you, you travel more. So please continue. I, I don't want yes. to interrupt. <laughs> so I think it was a journey because Sweden gave me the perspective, all the social aspect that you can work uh, having, you need to have a balanced life. You really need to understand what is their needs and concerns of your employees, of the, the people around it, the people that you affect while you're doing business. And if you do that, you are become such a, better company so all that social aspect of sustainability i think i learned was like a an away uh, kind of a wake call uh, that i learned in sweden and gave me totally different perspective and then we moved to asia because we of course we continue with our adventure spirit and um, my husband had the opportunity to work and and did a region for asia for a swedish company uh, based in china in beijing and i was able to continue working the non-for-profit sector for helping foundations in 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 the in the region and as well i was given the opportunity to open the china desk of an argentinian law firm in beijing and my own pace i was my own boss and i and and and, and i thought it was such a great opportunity for me not only to experience such a different culture not only from a, from a expat wife perspective but also working there and learning how the business environment is over there but i think what i've learned in terms of sustainability and what brought me here in asia and china was um was the fact that how a very rapid economic growth could could while neglecting the environment could really really affect a country and a world and I, I it was very shocking even though even though we researched and we understood that we have pollution in China and Beijing I, I didn't realize how bad it was so when we when we moved there the, the first thing that you do when you wake up you don't check the weather channel you check the, the rates of pollution and most of the days is really really high and some days you can you can feel it you can smell it in the air it's very unhealthy for all the community, for everyone in the city and in most parts of China as well. And um, you have to have air purifiers in your car, in your house, in your schools, for those who can afford it, but the majority couldn't afford it. And, and I realized, oh my God, this is not that it's happening in 30 years or 20 years. This is happening now to our world because of the consequences of rapid economic growth, the coal industries and 
all our, the effects that businesses and governments are having in our environment. And I was really afraid that this could happen to the rest of the world really fast. And I wanted to be part of the solution. I wanted to help businesses understand that um, there is a better way of doing business, that we have to, uh, to, to be fair to, to, to the Chinese government. They're doing a lot to try to fix this. But what, what also was the wake-up call was the fact that one is, once that is broken, it's very difficult to fix. And it's better to work in measures to, to, to prevent this because they're trying to fix it, but they're, they're, doing, they're doing a lot of progress. But, but some things I, I think it will be very difficult or, or even impossible to reverse. So when I came back to the US, I, I started studying about that. I, I did a certification and a, a whole um, study about environmental social governance. I studied that for a year. I wanted to understand what governments, what companies were doing, um, what are the regulations uh, that are applying different governments, and how can I be part of the solution? How can I bring my skills as a lawyer and my, my, my global perspective that I have towards helping our, my community where I'm currently living, I'm, I'm based in, in Connecticut right now, and help raise awareness that this is happening and there is a new way and a better way of doing business. And this is how I, I found it. Uh, I met my partner here that is a fantastic woman, woman uh, Silvina, that she went through a very similar journey. She is um, from the business side, so she was CFO of a big company. We both come from corporate America and we both wanted the same thing. And it was really magic when we met for coffee and we said, we have to do something. Why don't we build our own business and we help uh, small and medium-sized companies understand that they can do this, that little changes can generate collaboratively a big impact. And, and we wanted to, we, we thought that the information that is out there is so broad and it's so complex and it could be overwhelming for smaller operations. And we wanted to simplify to provide them with a roadmap, with, a, with a something that they can apply right away and, and, and to, to send the message that you don't need to do everything and be 100% sustainable. But if you, if you start into the right direction, then it's like eating well or healthier. Once you start you, and you see the positive impact, you most sure you wanted to eat better and get healthier and get you into the right path so that is why we 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 we, we created our our little company that is growing and we're really working with amazing companies helping them incorporate sustainability and improve their environmental and their social performance as well. So it's a long journey, I think. I think I spoke too much. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know, I, I love the analogy about the uh, eating healthy, you know, getting into the good habits. That, that, that's what I'm doing right now. So uh, I, it's an easy analogy for companies to start doing the same thing, to be honest. Um, but, but tell me about the title, the Thinking Beyond Business. That is the title of your company. Yes. What what is the message with with this? Uh, because it's a, it's a very telling um, uh, title. Thinking beyond business. Yes, I think there is a new way of doing business. That is the the the, the way of doing business that that all the new generation and the new world, the new consumers, the new employees are are demanding. And this new new way of doing business is moving away from the traditional idea that companies and businesses 
I have to, the purpose is only to make profits for the benefits of the shareholders and that's the duty of care and that's what they should care about. So we're moving a little bit away from that and seeing things in a broader perspective. So our duty is to our all, all our stakeholders, all the people that we affect when we're doing business and considering the effect that our business has in our planet, in our environment, and the effect that it has in our society, um, the social effects that it has. So it's considering the three Ps, we call it. It's like the planet, it's all profits, because of course, as a business, you, you are in business, you want to make profits, but also considering as well the planet um, and the people that is around your business. And if you consider those three things and, and there's a balanced approach to those three things, you do business in a much better, better way, in a way that is being demanded by, by I think, we studied a lot of um, um, companies that have been studying this new, new generation for many years, and it's amazing the percentages and the statistics around this. For example, 84% of millennials will not work for a company that has not incorporated sustainability within their policies. Uh, there's there's a, uh, a study from the New York Times, one of the, 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 the editors there, that was saying that 90% of the new generation, Generation Z and, and the millennials, when they are confronted with a product, one that is taking care of, you know, the three Ps and, and is care for the environment and the social aspect and where they're sourcing their materials and then they're, they're taking care of what ingredients they have. And you have another one that it doesn't. It, the, if the price is even higher for the other product, they will go to the other product, 90% of the new generation. So if you don't adapt as a business, if you don't consider this in the short term, long term, longer, medium term, you will just become irrelevant. So it's not only that you should do, you should think about the impact and you should try to be part of the solution, but also from the business perspective, you should consider this as a way of being resilient and surviving because it's just the new, the new way that, um, that the, the world is going, that we all want to, to go into that direction. And is this study from um, just the U.S. or, or because I think in Sweden there is a, a quite high awareness of, of that. I was surprised that then in the U.S. is 90% of uh, the younger generation will think about it. Yes, this is, this is a study done by Con Communication and by Nielsen Communication. And I believe it's in the U.S. as a U.S. Mm -hmm. study. Mm. Um, but it will be interesting to be how it will be. I think, yeah, different countries have different approaches. Sweden, I think it's so innovative and looking forward in terms of the environment and the different ways. There's so many creative yeah, they lead companies. The way, I think so. Yes, they lead the way in many ways of recycle and companies that are thinking on circularity and the ways that they can uh, design their products in a way that, that considering the end life as well and, and they reuse and, and how we can... Um, try to reduce waste as much as possible. That is one of the goals that we have in the sustainability development goals from the UN is to try to, to have to reach zero waste. Well, I am absolutely uh, impressed by, by this transformation because, you know, of course I've been also working for corporate America, uh, but it's nice to see that this new trend um, is, is, is making an impact. And I'm sure that you will be making a positive impact in those companies that will hire you. But Soledad, our episode is almost uh, coming to an end. And before I let you go, um, 
can you please share with me and with those listening, uh, who are the women that have made a positive impact? Who are those behind the female factor in your life and why? There are many, I think, women. <laughs> I think <laughs> if I have to choose a few from a personal, my personal life, from my immediate life, will be my mom and my grandmother. My mom, she's uh, always been very independent. And she, 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 even though she got married, because what I was very young, because that was just was supposed to do at that time, she, she graduated. She's a doctor, a, a, um, speech therapist, and at the same time, also a doctor for, you know, expert in, in hearing. And, and she worked, and she was very passionate about what she did. And at the same time, uh, she was a great mother and present mother. And, and she showed me from, from a very young age that you can do both things. And, um, and she was, she's still working, and she's very passionate about what she does. And she's very resilient, and she has perseverance, I think. And that's what I admire, admire the most from her. You know, she, she couldn't do her PhD because she was working and being a mom. And then she decided when she was 60 that it was something that it, it was that she it was missing. And she started studying this PhD <laughs> when we were older, we wow. were had already away. And she, yeah, and she and she, you know, went through through so many challenges because Argentina and the bureaucracy, they had to do her thesis another time. And I was telling her, mom, why are you doing this? Why are you stressing? Don't worry. And she's like, I'm doing this because I want to do it. It's not recognition. I, it's something, a milestone that I want to do for me. And she did it and she got graduated and at 76, um, uh, 66. And I was, for me, it was just a, such an example of there's, it's never late mm. to to do what you want and and so and my, my, my grandmother was was also had a very tough life she was so strong emotionally and 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 always in a positive with a positive attitude towards life it could anything bad could happen she will never complain she will say you know 90% is attitude and 10% is what's happening to you. So she will turn things around, put humor and had um, a very positive attitude towards anything and everything. And that's something that I grew up and I did admire a lot. And I tried to, to, to communicate to my kids as well. So it's a combination, I think, of my mom and my grandmother. And from, a, I think, a big figure that I admire, and I think she recently passed away, was uh, Ruth... Uh, Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court judge. Yes, also, I, such an amazing woman. She 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 had she studied and worked in a men-dominated society, and she she fought she fought for for equal rights for women, and and she became the Supreme Court judge and continued to build consensus. And I so much to learn from her. And as yeah. your like your mom, you know, she continued working regardless of age. There's no age yeah. for, for for women like 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 your mother or you know uh, Justice uh, Rutberg. Uh, I yeah. forgot the last name. Yeah, Ginsburg. Yeah, Ginsburg. Yeah. And just to come to uh, an end to this very inspirational uh, podcast and and very informative, uh, I think for those companies listening, um, what you guys are doing is is pretty. Um, you know, um, necessary. And, uh, but what would be the last thought or the, the takeaway for those listening? I think one of the things will be it's progress, not perfection. You don't have to do it all, but you can start with something and any small actions can create uh, a big change 
so that's one thing that I want companies and people to know, even from in your life, to become more sustainable, to recycle more, to compost more, to take care about something, a cause that you, to give back to something that you care about. It's little things that, that make big change. So, so don't get discouraged by that you need to do it all. Just, just move in the right direction and start with something. I think that will be something that I, I would like to, 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 for a takeaway. And also that, that follow your passion and do what you do. I wish I knew this <laughs> before. So follow, listen to your heart, to, to what you think is valuable to you and, and that you care about and, and you can work uh, doing what you love and, and do it successfully. Soledad Matiotzi, thank you so much for being with the IWIB Female Factor podcast. No, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure, Tati. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about this episode, you can read the description or you can also go to our website, www.iwib.online. You can also follow us on Instagram at IWIB Business Network. Until next time.